So good for you, for real, for fun, for everyone. You're listening to Out Loud Orlando, the homo happy hour, the most unique radio show and podcast heard of its kind. When you ask, on Tuesdays at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. And where do you find us? At WPRK 91.5 FM, the best in basement radio. You can also be listening to us on our WPRK.org website and streaming through there. Also on any tune-in radio, you can find us all kind of places. And you can also find our past episodes at www homohappyhour.com I am your host with the most DJ Crazy JC John and today we have a lovely rebel of gays with us rebels we are rebelling the bourgeois and the rebels you hear him there it's Tom the elderberry how are you doing Tom I'm literally freaking melting today girl well, I just love we both are wearing white after Labor Day so take that I have blood <laughs> dripping down my ankle <laughs> it is so hot outside. I'm like, I'm not wearing my black T-shirt. I'm wearing white today. Mm-hmm. It's just too much. How was your week? My, oh, I've had a very good week. I've had a couple days at the pool. Um, Looking tan. Yeah, yeah, a little red. Um, my face, everything, because I was just had my head. Everything else was below water. <laughs> right. The water is cold, though. Sunday we went to the pool, and there was a lot of clouds, and the water was cold So in the breeze. So you kind of stayed in the water so you would be numb. But then yesterday it was so nice and hot that you wanted in the cold water. Yeah, and you were in the shade. That looked lovely. Yes. Lovely. Yeah, because where I go to the pool at Fort Gatlin, um, it's an Orange County swimming pool, $2 for a whole day. Why not go? Exactly. And, and every hour, on, um, every quarter to uh, 15 minutes to the hour, they ring this bell, and all the kids have to get out of the pool. It's only adult swim. They have chairs. They have covers where you don't have to be in the sun. Lovely. They have lifeguards, like five lifeguards on duty. It's, yeah, it's fun. It visually sounds lovely. It's it's fun. I love going there. But that's what I've done like two days. And then, oh, my, my keto. I've also, um, um, I haven't been as keto strict as I usually am. But I absolutely went and had Chinese food yesterday. And I thought with all that tempura chicken, pork, and shrimp... And rice, I thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to be gaining at least two pounds. And I stepped on the scale today, and I'm still one um, one fifty two. I'm like, yeah. You yes. probably sweated it out yesterday. Yeah, probably, and part of this morning before I actually t- before That's I weighed been myself. Mine. It's like I'm just sweating it out. It's I'm putting it weight. in, and it's coming right back out. Right, water weight. I don't know. I don't know. I, I I was at 154 for a while. It seemed I thought I was thinking that was a plateau, and so that's when I started a um, little bit looser on my keto standards. But I wasn't total keto the whole time anyway. It's still awesome. Yeah, it's thank healthier you. for you. Yes, and now I get to go shopping for more clothes again too. Yay! 
That's always a fun thing. It is. It is. So locally, we have lots of things happening. Oh, you missed your two things, though, girl. Oh, we're going to do that after local. Okay. We'll do local first and then two things. Local. So, of course, tonight, Tuesday nights, as we always talk about, Locke, Miss April Fresh, is also with Twyla Holiday. And tonight they have DDT Santos and Dominique over at Secrets Hideaway, Secrets Resort and Spa. And then afterwards they have a clothing optional circuit party every Tuesday. So you can go there, and it's in Club Swinkster, <laughs> where DJ Scott Robert is going to be spinning in full force. Also tonight at Hamburger Mary's Orlando, which is downtown, you can go to Twisted Bingo with Mr. Miss Adrian and Mickey Meeks. Mikey Meeks. I don't know how you pronounce her first name. Mickey or Mikey? Mickey Mikes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Mickey Mikes. Mikey Meeks. Um and she's going to be there tonight. And, of course, the other Twisted thing on Tuesdays is Twisted Tuesdays at Southern Nights, which is a, a long-standing Tuesday night staple. But it started at Pulse, and now it's at Southern Nights. Right. Also tonight at Savoy is the comedy show. With comedy Mr. Metz. With Mr. Gregory Metz and his troupe. Yeah. And do you have some other stuff, too? I do. On Thursday night, the multi-talented Jeff Jones is doing his art opening at the center. Oh. That's from 6 to 8. He is He's, multi-talented. He really is. Yeah. And Mr. and Miss Adrian is bringing the Orlando um, Miss Comedy Queen to Southern Nights next week on the 12th. Yes, that's for Miss Southeast Comedy Queen. Right. And then they're doing it in Largo for our listeners in Largo on the 13th of November. And I can't remember which comedy queen that Miss Space Coast. No, Space Coast is Melbourne. Gulf, Gulf Miss Coast. Gulf Coast comedy queen. And then in two weeks on the 20th is National Voter Registration Day. Oh. That will be your last chance to be able to register to vote for the November election. Which is a very important thing. And you can go to nationalvoterregistrationday.org if you want to go beforehand. But the 20th is the last day. And they're doing a big drive at the center that day to get people registered. Oh, so you can go to the center and get registered on Mills Avenue. And lastly, get ready for Pride. We've got a month before it gets here. I know. And if you're it's... in the mood to volunteer, come out with pride.org slash volunteers. They're looking for people to fill the ships. Yes, that's right. And then also tomorrow night at um, at Saddle Up in Boots. 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 Mr. Miss Adrian's night downtown also. Bring your flip um, cup. Now, and then there's also our friend Tora Hyman, who has Cocktails and Screams, where she does nightly stuff there. She also is doing a dating game there. Oh, that'll be fun. Yeah, and she has some new stuff in the works so that I'm excited to see what it's going to be, what's going to happen. So two things. We're going to get into two things. We do a little thing every week where we look back on the past week and say, what two things did I take from this past week? And so, Mr. Thomas, what were your two things? My first one is when somebody gives you a real compliment, how that makes you feel. Yes. I had somebody give me just like an attaboy, but it was just, for me, it was just like, this is what we do. But it was like, oh. Yeah. 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 And people should give them out more often. 
Yeah, it was somebody that thanked me for getting him into care. And it was like, you don't have to thank me for doing that. Right. You don't have to thank me, but it, but it's still. But it was really go. nice. Yeah. And then the second one, we need to build each other up more. Yes. There's been a lot of like pettiness right now. Build each other up. We're all stressed. There are, There's a lot of pettiness going on in the world. It's like Petty LaBelle. Yes, very much so. We're going to discuss some petty stuff too later on in the Can't show. <laughs> but yeah. What are your two things? So my two things, my first one is off of um, uh, off of Big Brother this, this season 24. And it's to check your own prejudices. Because Kyle on Big Brother, he... Stepped May, in it. He really stepped <laughs> in it. He thought that he last. If you don't, if you are not aware of Big Brother, last season there was a group of people of color that called themselves the Cookout, and they came through and they actually ran the show. And it was the Cookout who won the show as part of the Cookout that was left. So Kyle on this week, and he is a white Mormon boy or ex Mormon, and. He started talking, this was a while ago whenever he spoke about it, but it now is coming back out that he was thinking that people of color were doing the same thing this. And so he wanted to get a group of people. He did not specifically say a group of white people, but everybody that he named to be in his alliance were all white. white. Mm. So that came out, and so he had to check his own prejudice, and it made me think, you know, everybody has some kind of prejudices. You know? Unconscious bias. Uh, yeah, unconscious bias, and you just have to be able to ch- just, you know, be aware of it and check yourself on it, you know, and what I mean by check yourself on it is before you open your mouth. Make sure that's really what's happening. Exactly. Otherwise, you step in it, too. Exactly. That's a really good one. And my second one is go with the flow of progression. And that comes from another television show, Days of Our Lives. Oh, no. I have watched Days of Our Lives because my grandmother lived with us when I was a kid. So we were subjected to it. And I've watched it my entire life. And now they are going off of NBC and they are moving to Peacock. Oh, no. You not have just, to stream it. Yes, but not just regular Peacock, but premium Peacock. So that means you have to pay for Peacock to watch a soap opera. Oh, no. I'm not happy about that oh, at no. all. Um, they, do, they do have it down where they've given a discount for the first year if you want. But I'm like, no. So I'm pretty much not going to be adding Peacock on because I already pay for Hulu Live Plus. I already pay for... We're going to look at getting HBO Max. I already pay for Prime, you know, so I'm not going to be paying for Peacock because I don't watch that much on it. No. But I love it because they're going to be able to do a lot more that they can't do on regular daytime television. Oh, no. They can really go far with their stuff, which I'm sure they will because they're starting to try to push those envelopes in daytime. Um, But... I read an article about it and it just dealt, it talked about how back in the day soap operas started, they were radio. Yep. And then when the TV came about, there were people that didn't have a TV. There were people that wanted to buy a television to watch their stories, you know, so they had to deal with progression that way. So now this is just another progression for them. Yeah, but this progression is making them money. Yeah. 
Yeah, they did a couple of uh, Beyond Salem was what they called it. There were Days of Our Lives extras that they did only on Peacock, and it it had a lot of viewership. But that doesn't mean that the actual daily show is going to have as much viewership. It'll be inter- interesting to see. But at the t- at the time, it just made me say, "Go with the flow of progression." Yep. Not flow from progressive. I love her though. <laughs> flow, the flow of progression, not the flow from progressive. <laughs> oh, oh funny. Girl. Just to get a little bit serious, our first topic of the day, it's Florida. No. And we've been saying that this was going to happen, but a Florida school board is going to have to vote if it is age appropriate for seniors to learn LGBTQ people have rights. And also if the school should um, should acknowledge LGBTQ History Month for October. I know. So where this is, this is the Miami-Dade School Board. And they represent the state's largest district. They're soon, go- they're soon going to vote whether teaching LGBTQ history is age appropriate for high school seniors. For high school seniors. That's, well, isn't this K through three? It, well, it's, that's, this is it. It's supposed to be K through three. And then they said, or age appropriate material. That's that part. And now we have somebody, you know, having to make votes about that part. Um, it's nine board members. One of them has already spoken out, and her name school board member, Lucia Baez-Geller. She's already speaking out in favor of keeping the most important lessons in school. She says, teaching LGBTQ history fosters a welcoming school client where LGBTQ students, families, and educators can live their authentic lives and be treated with dignity and respect. She wrote that in an action proposal. But I don't think, like, settled law from Supreme Court cases is technically just gay rights. It's American rights. Right, because what they want to do, they want to discuss, you know, different LGBTQ cases. And the case in questions that they want to is Ogerfeld versus Hodges, which is what graded us the right to same-sex marriage, and Boston versus Clayton County. Um, that's prohibit employees from discriminating against workers on the basis of sexual orientation or gender identity. And then there's Lawrence v. Texas, which is the anti-sodomy that got repealed in Texas. Right. So they're saying, you know, in light of the harmful anti-LGBTQ laws passed this year, it is abundantly clear that Miami-Dade um, County Public School must remain steadfast in supporting and affirming all students. The recognition of LGBTQ History Month promotes education about the historical impacts, achievements, and contributions of our lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer community. So, it, let's hope. Yeah, it does state that elsewhere in the state that teachers have been instructed to remove signage indicating the classroom is a safe space for, you know, the safe space sticker um, for LGBTQ students and to remove photos of their families if they have a same sex, same sex spouse. Orange County was one of those and then they turned around and turned said, "No, you can have pictures up there because that's not instruction and the the law says instruction." It's just all these spur of the moment things that there's no clarity and, and no. Am, it's very ambiguous the way yes. they wrote the law. 
the law was very ambiguous. Whenever they say, or age appropriate, that part right there, they didn't spell out what do they mean by age appropriate. It was just left as a blanket term. And now school systems are, you know, some of them are scared to even have pictures of a rainbow that's not even the pride rainbow. You okay, know? it's a rainbow. Right. In Sarasota, they have decided that the parents, our teachers must contact the parents of students who come out. Yes, if a student says to their teacher and they come out to them and say they're gay, that the teacher must tell the student. And if they want to use different pronouns, they have to do, what is the, where is this? This is what slayed me. A gender support plan. What? Once changes are approved, the school will meet with the family and put a gender support plan into action. Now, see, that's getting too big government getting into or big, you know, big. Can you imagine how the kid is going to feel going to like a parent teacher conference over this? Right. And dragging everybody through it. Right. And what if parents aren't supportive? The parents have to give their permission to use a different name or a different gender. That's crazy if you ask me. That's absolutely I think the crazy. guidance counselors are going to be have their hands full this year. Yeah. Guidance counselors are going to be the new nurses. Seriously. They're, they're going to have their hands full over this, over this law that was about nothing because nothing was being taught in K through three anyway. And nothing inappropriate was being taught afterwards. It's the boogeyman that they're inventing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, that's exactly what it was. It was a boogeyman being invented so they could see. So they can make a thing to look make look good for them. Unfortunately, we're not boogie people. We just want a boogie. Oh, wow. <laughs> I happen to see an advertisement. My Fitbit is a Versa 3, and now there's a Versa 4 out. Ooh. So, uh, just to lighten this up a little bit more, RuPaul won historic seventh consecutive Emmy Award for hosting Drag Race. That's amazing. She's a winner, baby. She has won her seventh Creative Arts Emmy Award for Outstanding Host for a Reality or Competition Program. She's won... Um, the award every single year since 2016. She's beaten out Nicole Byer and nailed it. The Queer Eye team, Amy Poehler and Making It, and Padma Lashmi, Top Shelf, and the Shark Tank team. She's uh, beat all of them. Uh, she slays every year. She's yeah, got a she built-in does. fan base. I do like how she said, you know, I mean, she thanked, of course, you guys are so sweet. I love, love television. It's a privilege to be on television and do this thing I love my whole life and then says I want to thank all you people out there tonight Norman Lear please thank him for everything he's done but I love this part she says I'd also like to thank everyone I've worked with I got in the union by being on the Arsenio Hall show I want to thank Arsenio for getting me on TV that's fantastic that's what I really like because that's that was where her start came her television start came from her being on the Arsenio Hall show yeah, because yeah. that's about the same time that Strudel Model came out. Yeah. Yeah, when Supermodel came out. Wow. And then she got her television show and all that. Then also, aside from this achievement, um, 
So the tally for there is 12 awards. But coming up on September 12th when the Emmy is back on the 20, 2022 Primetime Emmys, there's more that they have the opportunity to win. They are nominated for Outstanding Competition Program, going against The Amazing Race, The Voice, Top Shelf, and Lizzo's Watch Out for the Big Girls. Um, then... A few days after there on September 22nd is going to be the fourth season of Drag Race UK. Oh, right. So Rue's got so much coming on. And World of Wonder has so many things coming up. They've got Trixie and Katya's Uh Uh-huh. Painted by Raven. Binge Queens. And now we have Rock M. Sakura and Heidi and Closet's Muff Busters. Oh, really? And that's going to be reuniting two soft and supple queens as they debunk drag myths. And then Jinx Monsoon is coming up with Sketchy Queens, which will be hysterical. Yes, it will. And then there's a new one from Pangina Pangina Heels. Pangina. Pangina Heels. Ooh. And T.S. Madison. Oh, oh, that one I read about. That one I read about. Bring Back My Girls is coming up, Painted with Raven. Tongue Tied, which I think is a great name, with Pangina Heels. Mm-hmm. Jimbo Presents My Special Show, Carrie Cares, with Carrie Colby. Carrie Colby, yes. Why Are Humans and Binge Queens, Canada oh, versus the World. They've got a lot of stuff coming out. Now, is that on what W Wow Presents, or is that on? It's Wow, but I think it's also on Paramount+. Plus. Okay, that's okay. Because they have a Wow Presents Plus, like, but then they also have um, Wow, which you can watch on, you know, their their YouTube channel, which is where they started. Yeah, they're gonna take over. Yeah, they're gonna have their own streaming. Well, they already do have their own streaming thing, but they're going to take over a lot of stuff. But yeah, how so? Congratulations, RuPaul. I know you're listening because you listen every week to what we say. Yes, she does. Um, now, this thing was really neat. I really thought this was neat. It's about exploring gay bars and cruising areas in a new video game called The Beat. But of course, there's a twist. So, queer storylines are becoming increasingly common in video games, but it's still rare for games to be capital gay. G-A-Y. But this Melbourne-based um, Up Media, they have had this game called The Beat, a glam noir game. It's an investigative thriller where players take on the role of a closeted gay cop who is investigating a murder in the city's gay scene. Ooh, where have we heard that before? I know. I but these are oh, the kind I'm good of with books. it. Uh, I'm too. good with it. These are the kind of books I, I like to read gay murder mystery books. That's that's a little thing about me that people don't know. But um, so while tracking down clues over seven days and seven nights, you'll explore places like a gay bar and a cruising area rendered with an impressive eye for detail. The gay bar is this strange other world in which the main character steps. He's drawn to it, but doesn't fully understand why. And that'll be interesting. What's cool was they got they went into real gay bars in Melbourne, Australia, and that's where they got their reference photos for. They went into a dark space, which was called Black Rock Beach. Um, they are they went to Black Rock Beach in Melbourne, and they did all the cruisy that. beach. Yeah, the cruisy beach that they have, and then they took all that, and that's what they made the Black Room 
in this bar, the downstairs part, which is a black room. Fun. Yeah, which is to go have fun in. Excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> yes, one of those. And and so it's there, but it's the Black Rock Beach. So it's really neat. Really, really, really neat. So, um, And Black Rock Beach was actually a real cruising area? That was, in 1977, it was really famous. It was a real cruising area. And the police, what they were doing, they were taking their most attractive cops and they were going to um, have them, they taught them how to seduce men and then send them undercover to make arrests. But that's what spurred the, um, the gay rights movement in Melbourne in was Melbourne. all of that. Yes, Actually, that Australia itself. Yep, yep. Uh, the public art war was one of the factors in homosexuality being largely discriminated in the state of Victoria in 1980. Amazing. So that, I want to look at that game. It just sounds so neat. Yeah, I would like to explore that. Yeah, it's real. just sounds neat. And you're playing a, a closeted... A straight cop. A, a straight, well, closeted cop. A closeted cop trying to figure out a murder. Trying to figure out a gay murder, so... You're going to have to come out of the closet. Have to. So At some point. We we talked about this. We have been talking about this for a few weeks now. About Brittany Aldean with her, her little, uh, I'm glad my mom and dad, I'm glad my parents didn't change my gender when I was going through my tomboy phase because I love being girly girl. And then, of course, um, Boy, that um, Cassidy, blew up. Cassidy Pope and Marin Morris coming back against her, and then sh- and then Brittany Aldine getting on um, Tucker Carlson. Well, I thought it was just a throwaway story at first, but this thing has legs. This has lots of legs. I mean, Jason Aldine's publishing firm left him. Mm-hmm. They're like, bye. Yeah. That's oh, yeah. So happy. It's it keeps going, and uh, Cassidy Pope she had her little part in it, but she's not part of what's going on. That what keeps going on is the feud between country star Marin Morris and Brittany Aldine, right? <laughs> Who is just an influencer. She just happens to be married to Jason Aldine too. So, so yeah. So how that comes on? Then um, the star's dispute stems from an Instagram makeup video that I was just telling you about, where she said that. Well, Morris, after she said, I'm glad, you know, I love this girly girl life, Morris responded to that post pretty much saying, it's easy to, like, not be a scumbag human. Sell your clippings and zip it, Insurrection Barbie. Insurrection Barbie. Then on Thursday, this past Thursday, Brittany appeared on Tucker Carlson tonight to address the multiple transphobic comments she has made since her initial post. Which were unnecessary. Right, which were unnecessary. While introducing her, the host took a shot at Morris himself and her reaction to Brittany's comments, and he labeled her a lunatic and a fake country music singer. How'd that work out? So, what did Marin Morris do? She makes a t-shirt that says, Marin Morris, lunatic country music person. And then she has the telephone number on it. <laughs> the, yeah, The telephone number for the GLAAD trans, um, transgender media program. Fabulous. Yes. Now... On top of that, she also ta- she did a picture of herself in Twitter, and, and she gave it the car underneath it. She gave it the tagline "Lunatic Country Music Person." I hope she makes a hundred thousand dollars for train kids. Yep, yep. So with the Trans Lifeline, um, the profits would be split between them and Glad Transgender Media Program. 
So Morris' latest moves comes two days after Britney, who has been vocal about her conservative views in the past, released her own line of merchandise that seemed to refer to Morris's tweet calling her insurrection Barbie. So Britney now has this line that's Barbie-inspired merchandise that says, Don't tread on our kids, which that was one thing we talked about last week. So... She, <laughs> so it's just so funny that this is going back and forth. Um, the voice alum, Cassidy Pope, she went in on it and she said, you'd think celebrities with beauty brands would see the positives and include an LGBTQ people in their messaging. But instead, here we are hearing someone compare their tomboy face to somebody wanting to transition. Real nice. So... We, it just keeps going back more and more further. So they've gone back and forth on that. And now it goes even further. So Marin Morris now flips the narrative on Tucker Carlson's lunatic remark. And she, with that T-shirt, she raised $100,000 for trans organizations. That's how you do it. So all of this started with a with a tweet or not a tweet but an, Insta- basically a an tweet. Instagram post from Brittany Aldine with her anti-trans remark and saying I'd really like to thank my parents for not changing my gender when I went through my tomboy phase I love this girly girl life and then that she got jumped on by Marin Morris and Cassidy Pope then then Brittany comes out with her product line and she's using the whole insurrection Barbie from that saying don't tread on our kids then Marin Morris comes back from that and then tweets at her then Brittany Alding goes on Tucker Carlson then Marin Morris <laughs> she makes a shirt from that and that from that shirt she makes a whole bunch of money and sends it to trans organizations Win, win, win. <laughs> Absolutely. Watching the whole thing. At first it was tiny, and then every day they just sunk a little lower into the mud, and everybody else got out of the mud. Yeah. This is better than a lot of the stuff Trump did, you know, and all the all the back and forth. This is better than that. It's something to follow. I'm sure it's not over. Oh, no. I'm sure we'll be hearing much more about it. I think that all deans are going to have to take a minute to regroup because. I don't know. I don't. He probably hasn't lost listeners or fans over it. I don't think so either, but it's, it's pro- going to make people that are influencers not really want to work with her. And I'd also want to see how does Jason Aldean, how is he with, say, the Osborne brothers? Since John Osborne, the one brother is gay. Right, out openly gay and a country music star, and they're very much up and coming country music stars. The uh, uh, the Osborne brothers. So I wonder what you know. This is not trans, but but the b- both of the Aldines have come out. You know that they're very supportive of the angelical right. I, I get all that, and I, you're you're welcome to have your religion and. And all of your beliefs, but why would you cut off anybody that would support you as a fan? Right, right. It just seems that you're having to draw straws when you don't really have to. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with being inclusive. Right. And there's nothing wrong about being quiet about it. You can you can feel that way, but if you're quiet about it, I think it again. Because it's she def- has a voice. She has a public voice. 
But it all stems from ignorance. The tomboy yeah. phase doesn't mean you're necessarily having gender dysphoria. Exactly. That just means you're a tomboy. It's so different. So I mean, different. I grew up with tomboys that became lesbians, but I also grew up with tomboys that didn't. Right, right. Me too. And to equate the two things just seems a little odd to me. It seems odd because a tomboy would be like, hey, mom, you know, yeah, I'm a tomboy. I like all this stuff. But a trans, somebody growing up in their trans and they're having gender dysphoria would be like, mom, I think I'm a boy. A tomboy is not going to say that. No, they're just going to like playing with the boys. Yeah, they're just going to like doing, you know, playing with the boys and doing their boy stuff. But I think a lot of it is people at learning Mm -hmm. what trans means. Yes. And not just throwing this blanket on it like it seems to have been done. Right. Take a minute to understand something. Try to understand something that's different. Check your biases. Check your biases, exactly. Well, in June, this is just another little lighthearted story. I like to go back and forth like this. In June, Marvel announces first gay Spider-Man. He's set to appear in the Edge of Spider-Verse comic book series. And he has been dubbed Web Weaver. And... He looks really good. I like it. What they're going to do, though, is he's got an origin story, and Marvel just now revealed how the first gay Spider-Man gets his powers. How does he get his powers? He is... Let me find it, because i got to go through all these there. And what it is, it's, it's in a preview page that they have, and it reviewed how he, got, he shoved Peter Parker out of the way from a giant radioactive spider only to be bit himself. So... In this Ooh. in this universe, Peter Parker was about to get bit by the spider, and he shoved him out, and he got bit. Uh-huh. And the issue goes on sale October fifth. So, it's it's really neat because Spider Man has a chokehold on the gay community for a long time now, for decades. He's in the tights, you know. He's lycra clad. He's a lycra clad lad, as they put it. And he's always cute in the movies. Yep, he's got one liners, um, even. Actors on a Spider-Man film set, they're constantly in favor of their characters to make queer turns. Andrew Garfield wanted to get Michael B. Jordan to be his MJ. That um, would have been interesting. Tom Holland said, of course, Spider-Man could be gay. And Marissa Tomei pushed for her Aunt Mary character to have a girlfriend. So Spider-Man is pretty, it's a very gay comic. They all were gay comics. Yeah. All Growing up, all, all of them, it, it's just your imagination. They all were. I mean, look at how many of them have, you know, like Bruce Wayne, and then he has his wards. Had... <laughs> I was waiting for Thor to come save me. Yeah. Absolutely. Many, 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 many things. Now, you know more about this than I do. I know the music and stuff, but it has been the summer that black queer music has taken over. It has. Because for a long time, mainstream music for the gays mostly meant appealing to white queer culture. But now, to be a gay icon is more melanated. It's more, you know, the color. Especially this summer. Yes. I mean, this summer has just been it. Right. Um, for the unmelanated, ah. It was like Madonna's um, Confessions on the Dance Floor. Yes. And that's how a lot of people feel about the new Beyonce album, Renaissance. Oh, okay. Because it's a banger from the time it starts. 
Mm-hmm. There's 225 people credited with writing it, but she gave credit to like Robin S for the lyrical base of Show Me Love, mm-hmm. Kevin Avions for Hunty. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's another one called Pure Honey. It's two different songs just stuck together, and uh-huh. it's Oh Miss Honey, that 90s house right. track. That's on it. Cool. So it's it's really interesting to see what's getting played this year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Drake's album was a really good nod to house music, but Beyonce's is not just a nod. It's all the way in. Really? All the way in. There's The only slow song is Church Girl, and it's not really churchy. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Lizzo's album, Special, another one that's just wonderful yeah. this year. Lizzo, Yeah. It's nice to hear that disco house sound coming back in a way that's reflecting positively on people of color, black and brown people of color that have always been making the underground music. They've always been there, but they never, it gets taken from them, but it doesn't get shown back. Right. And this one shows it back. I'm just so happy about it after so many years. So many years. Who would thought that the number one female artist, black female female artist, would make an album so unabashedly gay? Gay, right. That's just great. But it seems like she does that with a lot of her albums because she had, um, um, she did more with the black women's movement. Whenever she did with lemonade, with, with lemonade, and who runs the world, all that. Um, she does. She does seem to now be making. You know, her, each one of her albums are meant to be towards a, some type of not political topic, but um, they're conscious choices. Yeah, and this one's the first of a trilogy, so that means she's probably got it already planned out. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And and the track, the the Queen's remix of "Break My Soul" with Madonna. What a fabulous homage! Absolutely fabulous. You know, all the drag queens will be doing them. All the songs. Yeah, and she calls out all the amazing, you know, black women in it. Mm-hmm. Aretha, she dame texts Grace Jones twice. Oh, really? Yes. Awesome. Grace Jones is on the Renaissance album. Yeah. Um, she's doing kind of a big Frida, where she's like, move out the way, move out the way for the queen. Uh-huh. And it's Grace Jones. It's like, oh, my God, that's Grace Jones. Yes. So the album is just uh, wonderful. That's a gay mecca album. Oh, it is. It's just bounced. Game Mecca album. Yes, ma'am. So now we started out talking about Florida. We're going to talk about Utah right now for a moment. Or no, I'm sorry, Indiana. 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 An Indiana couple rolled out an LGBTQ-friendly welcome mat in front of their house, only for the decor to deter a pair of Mormon missionaries from even knocking on their door. What did it so, say? It's so funny. Jamie Faust, who's 28, and her wife, Melissa, 32, they purchased a rainbow trim doormat that read on it in big letters, gayest place in town. And they bought it from Target, and they thought it was pretty funny. Two months later, on August 23rd, their doorbell camera captured two Mormon missionaries approaching their home armed with the word of the Lord. In the brief clip, the clean-cut young, clean young man can be seen. He reaches the threshold. The other one looks down and reads the words gayest out loud. 
Then once they looked at it, they said, nope. And they both <laughs> turned around and sauntered away. <laughs> yeah, we're not even going to try to do that. And <laughs> so Jamie Fowles said she was crying when la- with laughter when she was reviewing the tape. And she showed it to her wife. Then they shared the footage on, t- on TikTok. And... <laughs> <laughs> they they said that the doormat was one of their greatest investments, despite only costing ten dollars. That's hysterical. So that they caught him on camera, though. Yeah, and they yeah. could see them go, "Nope." Yes. So um, one so one of the girls went on to speculate that the missionaries left because they felt the couple were beyond help, and they said, "Hopefully, they'll leave us alone now." <laughs> Okay, because she said, noting that street preachers also scared her as a child. So then on TikTok, it has over 800,000 likes, 7 million views. And many of the commenters on it, they want to know what they want to link so they can purchase the doormat for themselves. Absolutely. (laughs) And someone even said, isn't it their job to save you? They failed the mission. Yes, they did. Terribly. Someone else said, remember the Bible story where they put blood on the door to prevent that angel from taking firstborns? (gasps) This is like that. (sighs) Oh, my. (laughs) That's hardcore. It really is. That's hardcore. Other people had said, as a queer and trans former Mormon, this brings me such joy. Oh, I just think it's so funny. I just love the ring doorbell that captures it, though. Yes. Yes, the ring doorbell captured it. It's so funny because you see these two guys, they're looking down, and then the one says it, and then look at each other, nope, and then walk away. Yeah, no. We've never, when I grew up, and we would get Jehovah Witnesses coming to our house, our neighbor, it was always so funny because we would they, we would look at the neighbor, and she was like very strict, devout Catholic, Mrs. Oh, yeah, Stanish, yeah. and my gosh, we would watch them come in and they would come in and then next thing you know, within five minutes they were out that door and she was running at them, yelling at yelling, them. Screaming. Yes. I was like, oh my gosh, why is Miss Stanish yelling at those people? They they wouldn't come to our house because we were a funeral home. Because I grew oh, up yeah. in a funeral home, so they wouldn't come to our house. Oh, I don't blame them. I tell now, now when they come to my house, I just look at them. I'm like, uh, no. And then they try to give you the track, and I'm like, no, thank you. We get the, the JWs in my neighborhood a lot. Yeah. No, I don't need your piece of paper. I thank you for your time. We can talk about whatever you want, but I'm not coming to your church. That's why I'm very respectful with them, but, I'm, but I still turn them away. Yeah, you have to be firm. Yeah. But I understand they're trying to, the, to proselytize for their their church and that's great mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah I believe in the same thing you do we just call it something different exactly and that's okay and that's perfectly okay so there's a bunch of LGBTQ TikTokers that's made the platform a treasure trove of queer content and we want to go through a few of them with you it starts out from a gay southerner reclaiming his past trauma to an expert on kinky queer history. They, they're given lots of lots of entertainment. The first one that we'll be talking about will be queer chameleon. A queer chameleon, like the yes. gecko Geico. Yes. Oh. Okay. Yes, like a chameleon like that. It's an adorable pocket of the internet where cartoon chameleons sporting various queer flags talk about the gay experience. 
Some of the videos use other queer influencers' audio, while others use original audio made by the artists behind the chameleons. And each one touches unique aspects of the LGBTQ community. That's cool. So if you're looking for cute content, go look up Queer Queer Chameleon on TikTok. Another one who we talked about just recently is Carrie Colby. Yes. Carrie Colby is on TikTok. She's doing a lot of good stuff, especially she was just on, you know, RuPaul's Drag Race season 14. But she wants, she pretty much is a gorgeous package and she shows black trans at excellence. In her TikTok, she graces her followers with makeup transformation, thirst traps, and stunning slow mos of her slaying with her signature runway walk. So if you want something beautiful, like an art museum and fashion of proverbial red carpet, you can follow Miss Carrie, K-E-R-R-I, Colby on TikTok. Not the cheese. Not the cheese. The next one is Ty Duran, T-Y Darren, D-E-R-A-N. And they describe themselves as a professional unicorn scrolling through their feed you can see why because they use they and she pronouns and they utilize the platform to speak on trans and non-binary experience there's also a load of content for their followers to practice self-love and ditch toxic relationships so she's a, basically a hype person for love like Lizzo. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Hype person for love. Yes. Self-love is the most important love. Yes. The next one is a gay comedian, Kevin James Thornton. He is the one that he takes trauma that he has been through growing up as a closeted gay boy in a fundamentalist church. And he takes all of that and makes comedic, makes comedic TikToks. Yay. Yeah, so he's like he has clips sharing general hilarious stories about his childhood memories. Um, in one post, he talks about a time when he rewrote the Rocky Horror Picture Show for his church musical, and he cast himself in the lead role of Satan. Oh Lord! <laughs> so yeah, so you can look at him, Kevin James Thornton. Another one is Kendall Landreth, and she does impersonations of just about anybody, from her mom to a contestant on The Bachelor. Um, she does one called New Zealand Teacher Explains Being Pro-Life. There's not much to be said about her, except she's just funny. She's a comedian with her impersonations and funny, so if you want to look for someone like that, you can find there. On a side note, mm-hmm. if you want to find something funny, mm-hmm. Look up Jamie Foxx impersonating Donald Trump. Jamie Foxx impersonating Donald Trump. They were doing it live on a, 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 a on air show. There was five of them. He has it down pat. Oh wow! And then he cracks up and comes back as Jamie Foxx, but then he goes back to back to his. <laughs> that that's funny. The next one we have is E. J. Marcus. He is incredibly talented. Huh? I've heard of him. Yeah. His feed mainly consists of point of view videos where he parodies funny moments, which everyone can relate to. We've all accidentally fallen down on our friend's stairs and then try to play it off as if nothing happened. Well, he just does stuff like that. Um, or us, or you have that one coworker who really wants to be close friends with you that you don't want. So he goes out there um, and he just brings out different point of views from the different days. Nice. Of a gay. Esme Louise James. 
she um she talks about Bridgerton. She's an Australian-based PhD candidate. She's best known for her kinky history lecture series. Mm. So she'll arm you with all the sexy factoids you'll ever need. So that's Esme Louise James. And the last one is Blair Imani. Blair Armani. Yes. She breaks down nuanced topics like period, uh, period stigma and capitalizing the B in black. She is a bisexual black Muslim woman. Wow. So she gives her. So that's really, really neat. Really, really And what neat. was her handle again? Oh, gosh. I, I just. <laughs> that's okay. I uh, Blaine Armani. Yes. That's it. Blaine Armani. Yes. Do you have anything? I do. Good. My favorite story of the last week. Have you been on gay Twitter? No. Well, they rolled out this thing called The Circle. The Circle? It's kind of like on Instagram, the private stories, and on Snapchat, our close friend story on Instagram, yes. and private story on Snapchat. Uh-huh. Well, the gays took over The Circle. Oh. So your posts are only visible to a hand-selected portion of your followers. And for many people, that's like your besties or your thirst followers or those who are both. Right. And like little Nas, Nas X said, post hole on main, having a separate space to show your lewds and everything with without prying eyes is unbeatable. Oh. So it's really not indignant, but you can drop a, picture there with all your mm -hmm. friends so it's yeah cool so the story we talked last week where you were not wanting them right this is the antithesis of that. exactly so all of a sudden all your friends are like bloop and you're like boink <laughs> yes last week we talked about a story about about your all your nudes or pictures being airdropped to where you weren't wanting them to be. But this is where you do want them to be. And you can find last episodes at www.homohappyhour.com. And that actually hit the news this week. Yes. That somebody airdropped it on a plane and the pilot's like, we're not taking off unless you like and, stop sending your nudes. Yes. But it's so funny. Gay Twitter's like, here's this new, new cool feature. And gays are like, nudes. Yep. I mean, it was like faster than a squirrel. Of course. I wish straight people could understand how wild gay circle day has been. <laughs> Circles for everyone. And then it's the hot dog face. The hot dog face. That is so funny. I was at one of our regular haunts and I'm like, are you on gay Twitter? And they're like, well, I'm on Twitter. And I'm like, do you know about the circle? And they're like, the circle. So I let them. So and they're like, in. oh, my God. So they went on like right there and they had people in the bar that were starting to. I'm going to have to look at it. Is it a hashtag? I mean, do you hash? Is it no, has you have to be on Twitter and you have to get, join the circle thing. Okay. So you search for the gay circle? No, it's not really a gay circle. It's just called circles. But everybody, gay Twitter calls it gay circle. I'm going to have to look because I am on Twitter. Because you get, you get to get added to other people's circles. Uh -huh. And then when you're added in, it's already like. Walking in the club out. Oh, okay. Oh. I don't need to look at all that then. No. I don't need to see that stuff. But it's like a little virtual alcove to hang out disconnected from the endless timeline. Right. Right. 
which is always nice. Yes, it is. It really is. What else do you have? What else do I have? Well, I don't know, lady. What do you want me to talk about? Well, I just didn't know if there was anything else. You know something I did also? Oh. We had been talking about Travis Schumach, the, the drag race guy. Yeah. Well, guess who else is also one of his sponsors? Who? Grinder. Of course. It is so cool. So on his car, he not only has the rainbow, he has the grinder symbol. Everybody on his knows car. what that is now. It's not yeah. even secret anymore. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to my second injection on Saturday. Yes. I okay, last Tuesday I left here and went and I got my, my monkeypox injection. It's so weird because where they did the injection. Yeah, ours it, are completely different. Mine looks like a monkey pock. It looks literally just like a pock. And I haven't been itching it. I pat it yeah. or rub, but I won't itch it. Mm -mm. But mine looks just like a monkey pock. And they put it in my arm and it came out in my armpit. But it looked just like that. Right. My, oh, they put yours up tight. I got the high dose. Oh, before they did the low dose. They switched it. I got it on Saturday. They changed the whole dosing thing on Monday. That may be why you had the reaction. It is. And I, I saw doc, I saw the doc. Okay. He's like, oh, you got the high dose. Yeah. But yeah, it kicked my, my unmelanated booty. Yes. Yes. Mine, I, I just... I slept a lot. I had I was really yeah, sleepy. Yeah, two days. I was really sleepy. Um, it didn't itch that much, but I'm just surprised that a week later I still have the big bump. You'll have it two weeks later. Oh, yeah, yeah. It it but, takes a minute to get over, but it means your immune system's working right. But getting it the way that they're doing it now, the smaller ver the smaller dose of it, and getting it done twice. Um, it's just like getting a TB, a tuberculosis test. They, all they do is just take the little needle and go right under your it's skin. Subdermal, and yeah. you don't you don't feel it. You don't feel anything. It's not like it's not like a shot. It's not like you know other vaccines. It's just it's done like you said, subdermal, and it's really really good. And the DOH will be offering that more again. Um, you can contact their website, the Department of Health. And you can also look through Miracle of Love, which if you look at Miracle of Love Inc. on on um, Instagram or search Miracle of Love on Facebook. Or Crew Health. They're doing it. Um, the center is doing it, too. You can get appointments. Well, how it works is Department of Health are doing all the vaccines. Different gay um, LGBTQ businesses are offering it, and so they help make the appointments up. But they have a, somebody from the DOH there that gives you your vaccine. Right. And it's just very important because monkeypox is going around and, you know, it's prevalent in Florida, especially in South Florida. So if you went to South Florida yourself and rubbed up on people, you might just want to get yourself a vaccine. Oh, girl. And this has been another edition of Out Loud Orlando, the homo happy hour, the most unique radio show and podcast heard of its kind. Remember to always fight the good fight. We are one human family, somewhat dysfunctional, but we are still one human family. Always swing first. Remember, let justice roll. Life is way too serious to be taken seriously. Seriously. I am your host, DJ Crazy JC John. I love you. I love you. And we will... See you next Tuesday.
charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent. Get your monkey pox vax. Get your monkey pox vax. It looks like a monkey pox. National Voter Registration Day, September 20th. Go vote.